Welcome to the Institute of Men podcast, where we are figuring out what kind of men we want to be and pursuing that vision relentlessly for the rest of our lives. My name is Keaton Tucker, and I want to thank you for listening. Today, we are talking about men who give away their strength. Then we will go into our comments section where I respond to comments on YouTube, and we'll be finishing with today's gospel coming from Luke chapter 7. If you are new to the podcast or you just haven't hit that subscribe button, go ahead and do that now if you would be so kind and leave a five-star review. If you want to get into heaven, leave a comment. It's guaranteed entrance into heaven if you leave a comment. If you leave a comment on YouTube on one of our videos, there is a chance that you will be featured in the comments section of the podcast where I respond to comments left on YouTube. Some people leave hilarious comments we all need to see, and then some people leave hilarious comments that need to be refuted and laughed at. Today is a day where we're going to laugh at comments on YouTube. Wednesday, where the big idea is, if you get wisdom, you get everything else. Life is better when you live wisely and you make good choices. And we, on Wisdom Wednesdays, we take a proverb from the book of Proverbs and we apply it to our lives. Today's proverb begins in chapter 20, but we are going to jump over to chapter 31 of the book of Proverbs to get a fuller understanding of what this passage is about. So without further ado, chapter 20, verse 1, wine is a mocker, strong drink is a brawler, and whoever is led by either one is not wise. Yes, today we are talking about alcohol. We're going to be talking about drinking too much. Because strong drink is a brawler. You just imagine somebody who drank too much and they got in a fight at the bar. Whoever is led astray by alcohol, maybe you know somebody who has been led astray by alcohol. Maybe they even lost their life because of alcohol or they destroyed their family because of alcohol. We all probably know somebody or we've at least heard of somebody who has ruined their life by alcohol. Or you contra- you contrast that with what's portrayed in Im- in movies and in commercials. It's always the big, strong, powerful men. They always seem to have a glass of whiskey or brandy or something in their hand. I think of Harvey Specter from Suits. He always had a drink in his hand or Kevin Costner's character in Yellowstone, whose name I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting the character's name. He always seems to have a drink in front of his fireplace and he's a powerful man. And it's just this image that we, but you might be wondering how much alcohol is too much. Where do you draw the line? How many is one drink too many is two drinks too many is three drinks too, too many. Where do you draw the line? Those are all fair questions. And full disclosure, I have a drink every few days. I do love a glass of whiskey. I'm partial to old fashions in Manhattans. I really like those drinks. And I live in the Northeast. And in the fall, in the Northeast, Oktoberfest beers, pumpkin beers are everything. It's like what people live for during the fall. And it's like they're they're beautiful colors and a pumpkin beer just fits right in or the Oktoberfest beers. And there's this brewery up here from Maine called Shipyard and they have the best pumpkin beer I've ever had. It's hardly a beer. It is basically candy in your mouth. But so like I have a drink every once in a while. I don't drink very often, um, but I do every once in a while. But I'm not even so sure I want to do that anymore. I'm not so sure I even want to have a drink every once in a while. I think I might want to save drink drinks for special occasions, maybe, or just even cut it out altogether. I have nothing like 
the part of the reason I'm just like, I'm just not, I'm not sure if it's worth it anymore. I'm really not. <clears throat> you know, I've um, never seen anything good come from alcohol. Nothing. It seems to just stick to your belly button, especially if you're over 30 and have kids. It just sticks to your belly button. Every drink is a half inch on your belly button. And, you know, I'm like, what kind of example do I want to set for my kids? Do I want to set an example where dad has a drink, you know, every so often or not? So it's just like things I'm thinking about. I don't think a categorical ban on beer or alcohol is the right way to go, um, especially since, you know, Jesus drank wine at Passover and wine is good. And there's a Jewish prayer and a Christian prayer for wine. Blessed, you've heard it in The Chosen. Blessed are you, Lord, our God, King of the universe, who brings forth the fruit of the vine. Um and it's a necessary part of our religion and our, our tradition. Wine is good. What I'm just saying, like, I'm not sure I want to be giving myself over to alcohol much. It's just things I'm thinking about. And the more I weigh the long-term effects of even moderate drinking or light drinking, I'm just not sure it's worth it. <clears throat> so according to the National Institute of Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism, moderate drinking, so let's get some definitions, moderate drinking is one drink per day, or seven drinks per week. And the reason they have the per day or per week is because when you when it gets to heavy drinking, it's either five drinks in one day or 15 drinks in a week. And the reason they separate those two is because how you drink alcohol, whether it's a lot on one day or a lot spread over a week, affects your health. It affects your body. Um, if you drink too much on one day, like five drinks in a day, which is a, that's a lot. I know some of y'all are probably like, I've crushed 12 beers. It doesn't even matter. But if you drink five drinks, <laughs> if you drink five drinks all at once, it does stuff to your body that just alters your entire uh, system inside. If you drink it regularly, it alters how you feel about alcohol. It creates more of an addiction. Um, and then the one drink, you know, that's either like one beer, one five ounce glass of wine, uh, 1.5 ounce hard drink. It's one, of, you know, something like that. That is, so there's moderate drinking and then there's the heavy drinking. But then we all have that friend who just gets blasted at a wedding, somehow throws back 21 beers and you're wondering how that happened. Or maybe you've done that. Maybe you just had a hard week and you start drinking and, you know, six beers later or five drinks later. or uh, What are those new things? Truly's, the hard seltzers, maybe a few of those later and you're like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? What on earth am I doing? Why am I drinking so much? So before we even move forward, because I don't want the whole podcast to be about drinking. I actually, we're about to pivot here. But take a quick inventory of your average week. How much are you drinking per week? How much are you drinking per day? What will, like, ask yourself, what will that amount of alcohol do to you or your family over time? I mean, even think about, like, your how much money you spend on alcohol. You know, I told you at the beginning, I like whiskey, but whiskey's like $40 a bottle for a cheap bottle. Well, not cheap. The cheap stuff's like 20 bucks and you'll be hung over for nine days after one drink. But even like your, your, just your lower end type of whiskey is 40. Good stuff is 100 or more. <clears throat> you think about how much money are you spending on beer every single week? Those are just things to think. What's it doing to your body? But let's move on because what I, I want, let's move on to Proverbs chapter 31 because I want to get to what the real intent of this podcast is. So Proverbs 31 <clears throat> is this is a woman talking to her son. This is the queen mother talking to her son, the king of Israel. That's how the proverb opens up. And here's what it says. It says, what are you doing, my son? What are you doing, son of my womb? What are you doing, son of my vows? 
Do not give your strength to women, your ways to those who destroy kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine or for rulers to take strong drink, lest they drink and forget what has been decreed and pervert the rights of the afflicted. So, yes, we are going to talk about women and alcohol all in the same podcast because women and alcohol do the same thing to men. And I'm not talking about your wife. I'm not talking about your fiance. I'm not talking about the girlfriend that you've had for a long time. I'm talking about those girls that you do not know, the promiscuous ones that you give yourself over to, your, the porn on your computer screen. I'm talking about the women you know you should not be around, that the Bible consistently warns people about, and alcohol, because the, those types of women and alcohol will steal your strength or you will willingly give your strength to them like Samson did to Delilah, and it will alter you as a man. It'll actually weaken you as a man. This proverb is written to a king, a literal king. You're not a literal king, neither am I. I'm not a literal king. But there is a principle that we need to understand about our lives, and it's this. You, young man, old man, you are meant to have dominion over your life. You are meant to be in charge of your own life, to rule over your own life, not to be ruled over by other things like alcohol, like women, and the whims of your flesh. Now, I want to spell that out because that doesn't mean you get to be uh, Mr. Independent, free from all authority. That's not what I mean. I mean, you don't need to be, your desires, your fleshly desires will rule over you or you will rule over them. But it's your responsibility to rule over your life, over your desires, over your flesh. When you submit your life to one drink too many or three drinks too many or however many, you are led astray from the path that you want to be on and the path that you should be on. And you end up forfeiting a key part of you. You end up forfeiting your strength. There are two ways that men tend to forfeit their strength. They're not limited to the two ways. But from this proverb and from just what I've seen, there are two ways that men forfeit their strength. It's when they drink too much or too often and when they give their strength to that woman or those women who are not their wives or the women on screens. And you know what I mean by porn. When men drink too much or when men give away their strength to women that are not their wives, they end up altering who they are as a man. Do you know how many proverbs there are warning men about the about the woman who wants to steal your strength? At least 10% of the book, Proverbs chapter 6, Proverbs chapter 7, uh, part of Proverbs 31. There are several at warning men about the adulterous woman, the woman who is not your wife who wants to come and steal your strength. And there are tons of warnings about alcohol. You're giving away the very, very precious thing that is yours, that strength. And I, I, I can't get you to understand this enough because you, when you give away your strength, you weaken yourself and you, when you are weak, you are unprepared for your future. You're unable to handle what, what, what comes next. Alcohol will ruin your life. Alcohol will make you floppy, sloppy, and flabby, which is my way of saying alcohol will make you fat. It'll make you fat. Alcohol will make you floppy, sloppy, and flabby. You do not make good decisions when you drink too much ever 
You drink too much, you're looking at porn. You drink too much, you take her home. You drink too much, you swiping on left on Tinder or swiping right on Tinder or whichever direction you swipe on Tinder or Hustler or whatever those, I don't even know all the dating apps, the hookup apps. They're not dating apps, they're hookup apps. You get lazy when you're hungover. You're tired so you can't pursue new projects. You can't learn. You're showing up late to work. You're just, if you drink too much, you're giving your strength away and you're, you're slowly ruining your life because you're taking away the very thing that is your strength. Things. Let's slip. Let's slip, switch over real quick to talking about more about the women. Many speculate that this is Bathsheba talking to King Solomon. This woman talking to her son is Bathsheba, Solomon's mom, talking to King Solomon. Bathsheba was the adulterer who had captivated King David. So if you remember the story, she's bathing on the roof. King on the roof. King David sees her from his palace because he's not at war. He calls her to his home and they hook up. And then she is, she has a son and then that son dies. David has her husband killed and then they have another son named Solomon. So yes, David knew exactly what he was doing when he invited Bathsheba into his home and it's awful. But so did Bathsheba. Bathsheba knew where she lived she knew what time of day David would have been on the roof because it would have been a, probably a normal custom for him. She knew what she was doing. There is a way to bathe that's provocative, and there's a way to bathe where you're trying to get clean, and she knows. She knew what she was doing. She was trying to get the king's attention, and it worked. This is a woman who stole the strength of a king, and now she's warning her son against making the same mistake. Okay, She's, she's like, I did this. Don't fall for this. This is a woman warning against women. Think about like, so take heed. Understand that. Nothing will weaken your knees like women. And I don't mean your wife. Again, I don't mean your wife. I mean the women you are not married to that so easily captivate your eyes. In Rocky, the movie Rocky, the original, Rocky's got a crush on this, you know, his soon-to-be wife. Adrian! And his coach, Mickey, in this like, really raspy, totally Philadelphia voices, women weaken knees. See if I can get the clip for that. Women weaken knees. Because Rocky's about to go into the fight of his life, and he's saying, stay away from women to weaken your knees. Okay, And it's true. Women who are not your wife weaken you. But then the flip side is also true. Once she becomes your wife, she will elevate you beyond what you can believe. You would not believe what the type of man that your wife will make you. So if you're hoping to become a man by staying single, it's just not going to, it's not, I mean, you'll be a, you'll be a male. You'll be something. If you want to really be a man, get married. I'm telling you, she will make you a, she will make you a man. Like in ways you could never even imagine. Uh, she will civilize you. She'll make you stronger. She'll make you better. She will build you up, especially if you choose a wise woman. <clears throat> Women, porn, hooking up, TikTok girls, Tinder, and all the other hookup apps, dude, they're killing you. They're killing you. You might feel strong and mighty when you take a girl home, but you're not. You are controlled by a tiny piece of flesh in your pants and the appetite of your tongue. Like you, You're controlled by something so, so small. Every time you watch what you shouldn't watch or get into bed with a woman who is not your wife, you're giving away what makes you a man. There's like your biology that makes you a man. And then there's the spiritual aspect of you, the intangible that is, um, that's intangible, but it is seen, it is felt, it is, and it is needed by women and children and by all of society. And it's your, it's the spiritual aspect of you is, is your strength. 
And if I could get you to understand how badly everybody in your life needs you to be strong, that, that would be a win for me. And men consistently give it away through alcohol and through women and through porn. You're, it's like the strength of the male spiritually. It's a strength of body. It just radiates through. It's a strength of mind. It's a strength of presence. It's a strength of energy. It's a strength of boldness. It's a strength of courage. It's a strength of leadership. When strong men are around, they don't even have to be aggressive because they're just by their presence, everybody feels safe and everybody feels better. And every time you give away your strength to alcohol, to too many drinks, every time you give it away to women who are not your wife, you're giving away the very thing that makes you a man. And I've seen this happen to too many guys to think differently. You've never met a man ever that drank too much that you had also admired. You just don't. Or even the guy who drinks too often. He has like one drink here, two drinks here, who drinks consistently throughout the week. You've never admired him. You've never met a man who drank too much who you admired because <clears throat> you never admired the man who drinks too often in real life. You do on, com on commercials and on TV, like I said at the beginning, you see the powerful man. They always seem to have a drink in their hand and you're like, oh yeah, you admire him. But in real life, you don't do that. Because in, on TV, they're not drinking alcohol and it doesn't alter who they are and it doesn't do anything to them because it's not real. In real life, alcohol will destroy you. Women will destroy you. Strong men have control over their appetites and they have dominion over their lives. They're not led astray by alcohol or by women who are not their wives. And now it's time for the comments section. I uploaded a short last week where I was making fun of myself for the shoes I used to buy. When I was in my early 20s, I would buy shoes just to look cool for my boys. There were shoes I didn't like. There were like some Nike Air Max 90s, some Converse. I did like the Converse, but they weren't good for my fat feet. And I bought all these to like try to impress my guy friends. And that's what the clip was about. Take a listen. I had plenty of shoes so I could impress my friends, not even the girls at my local church, but the guys I was friends with. I was trying to keep up with the shoe game of my boys. You know what that's like, I'm sure. And I didn't even like the shoes. They were too narrow. They hurt my feet. And now I got something on my foot that will never, that'll never go away without surgery because I had to look cool buying shoes. It's so stupid. Don't do it. That's the clip. The comments are funny and they reminded me of another time in history, not that long ago, it actually reminded me of like my high school days, my college days, when guys could just make fun of each other because the comments on this video, they're very simple, but they're really funny. And I'm just, let me just read you the comments. First comment was gay. Second comment, gay. Third comment, me personally, I'd never want to impress another man. Fourth comment, gay. Fifth comment, cuz you gay. <laughs> I was like, oh, burn. They're all guy accounts. You can tell they're all guy accounts by the name. And then finally, this girl steps in that helped, helped make me feel a little vindicated. And this, this girl, she says, men do that shit. Excuse my French. Men do that shit all the time. Don't act like y'all don't. I was like, thank you, Sierra B, because now I feel way better. And the reason I thought that sex, that was funny, those comments were funny, the reason I'm sharing those with you is because it reminds me of a time when people weren't all offended about every word that came out of someone's mouth or every word wasn't reason for a protest or every word wasn't a reason for a lawsuit or an Instagram post or you just whatever nonsense we're currently living for. It was just a time when guys could just make fun of each other because that's what guys do. Guys make fun of each other for everything. That's like what we do. It's how we have fun. We don't, <laughs> men don't really hang out with a guy who can't be made fun of or who can't make fun of others. We just don't. If you, Men don't like hanging out with easily offendable men. 
That's why the easily offendable men always hang out with women. That's just what they do. And in case you're wondering, yes, men do call each other gay all the time, even today. It's our favorite comedic insult. And if you're offended by that, if you're offended by the fact that men call each other gay all the time, great news. The View starts at 11 a.m. on ABC. You're free to watch that. Time for today's gospel. Today's gospel reading comes from Luke chapter 7, verses 31 through 35. I have a little bit of a paraphrase here for you. Jesus is talking to the crowds, and it says, Jesus said to the crowds, What shall I compare the people of this generation? What are they like? They are like children who sat in the marketplace, and they called to one another. We played the flute, but you did not dance. We sang a dirge, but you did not weep. For John the Baptist came neither eating food nor drinking wine, and you said that he is possessed by a demon. And then the Son of Man came eating and drinking, and you said, Look, a glut and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners, but wisdom is justified by her children. That is the reading from today's Gospel of Luke, chapter 7. Okay, so Jesus is talking to a crowd who cannot be pleased by anything he does. It's the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Not a thing he does pleases them. They have questions. They want signs. They're always testing him. It doesn't matter what he does. They need a sign from heaven immediately as he's healing somebody. They want to know, where did your authority come from? He asked, and then he wants to tell them, but like, um, they can't, they can't admit that where he got his authority from is legitimate. Like nothing he does makes these people happy. Not a thing. It was complaint after complaint, madness after madness. And it reminds me of today where in the madness of crowds and our intersectional hierarchy being with the intersectional hierarchy being forced upon us, like we are starting to realize that no words, no actions in the short term can please anybody. There's nothing that you can say to the madness of crowds who have given themselves over to woke ideology and intersectional hierarchy. Nothing you say matters. They're offended by literally everything, everything. Everything's a microaggression. Everything's offensive. Everything displeases these intolerable people. Like that's, and that's what they are. They're intolerable. They're a burden to be around. They have no capacity for dialogue. And that's what Jesus is dealing with. And what his response to them is like, look, nothing, nothing I could say pleases you. And you know what? That's fine because wisdom is justified by her children. What does that mean? It means that we can't please the madness of crowds in the current day. You just can't. They're, they're, you're just not going to be able to do it. But if you and I choose to live wisely over a long period of time, they will start to fade away. And what we bring about in the world justifies the way we live. If we live wisely, long period of time, what the way we lived justifies the way that we chose to live, even though we couldn't do anything with our words. Just like Jesus's church has proven to be the greatest force of good in human history, so can our lives. Jesus, he, like no one could please him. He's like, I'm going to build my church anyway. He starts his church and his church has been the greatest force for human good in all of human history. That's unarguable, <clears throat> unarguable. Find out which church ha- has the most hospitals. It's, you know, it's the Catholic church, 5,500 worldwide. They're Christians more like Christians change the entire face of the globe. Wisdom is known by their children. So he couldn't please those crowds, but you know, 2000 years later, here we are. And it's going to be the same thing with you and me. You and I cannot appease the intersectional hierarchy. We cannot appease the madness of crowds. We can't appease our aunt or cousin or whoever who's at university who's all angry about everything. We're just live your life, live wisely, bring up your kids well, and things will go well. 
That's all I have for you today. Remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast app or on YouTube. If you want to dive deeper into the Institute of Men, become a subscriber on Substack for exclusive content. If you didn't like this content, just pretend you didn't listen and that helps us out too. Tune in next Monday for my next episode. Until then, I'm Keaton Tucker and this is the Institute of Men Podcast.